Hey everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. I had my boy Marty York on the podcast today. You all know him as Yeah Yeah from The Sandlot, one of the greatest movies of all time, if we're being honest. For me, this is one of my all-time favorite films, and growing up playing baseball, I absolutely felt an attachment to these characters and could always rely on the film's humor to lift my spirits. 2023 is the 30th anniversary of The Sandlot, and here's to hoping that we get a new project this year with the cast, whether that be a special, a TV series, a new movie, anything. Make it happen, Disney+. Plus. If you like what you hear, be sure to follow Marty on Instagram at Marty underscore York, and check out his incredible documentary that's in his Instagram bio. This guy hit rock bottom and somehow bounced back. He has a truly remarkable story that I think will spark some inspiration into all of you. If you enjoy this podcast, slap it with that five-star rating, share it around, and follow on Instagram at Kellen's Petty Talk Show to stay up to date on all the new guest announcements. Sit back, relax, and yeah, yeah, enjoy the show. How have you been, dude? Been good, man. How you been? Doing pretty good. Nice to see you again. Is this the uh, Pembleton podcast? Is that what this is called? <laughs> it's called the Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Kellen's Petty Talk. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I call it that just so nobody else can make fun of me. I'm, I'm already making fun of me. So. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> you staying dry in this rain? Yeah, man. It's uh, it's crazy. I'm out here in like the uh, the hills of Los Angeles, so it's uh, yeah. We're getting a bunch of wind mixed with the rain, so it's like it's Lovely. like a, being in a hurricane or something. Yeah, it's the worst. It's been like two weeks of this almost now, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's crazy, man. You recently lost your luggage on that British airline. Uh, you got it back, though. I'm super glad. <laughs> how how did that happen? That they asked me about my luggage. Wow, they, <laughs> yeah, I had um, I had to ask about it. You know. Yeah, man. I yeah, they lost my luggage going there. <clears throat> I went to Istanbul, Turkey, and then uh. I, they lost my luggage there and uh, I got it back the next day uh, and then coming back. Well, the whole trip was like, like British Airways was like the worst because going there for one on, on the way there from LA to, to uh, I had a layover in London yeah. and uh, a lady actually passed out right next to me, like literally just fell face first on the ground. What? She ended up having a heart attack on the plane. This this uh, this Indian woman had a heart attack right next to me. No and, way. And uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of like the airline attendants came in with the uh, <clears throat> the paddles and everything, and they yeah, you know, they were shocking her next. To, and I'm sitting there like, what the hell is going <laughs> like, on? Right off the bat, no way. Yeah, like on the is way she, there, this happened. And then, is she okay? Like, or yeah, she ended up. They ended up resuscitating her. Nice. Uh, okay. I was like, uh, I was like. Uh, you know, hoping that she'd be all right because I was just—they were just—they shocked her about three times, yeah. and then she came to, and they got a—they put a the little bag with the uh, 
you know, the uh, oxygen in it over. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, she came too. So she's, she seems like she's good. And, uh, but then, I, then we got to London and then there were, we had a lay, I, it was like my layover flight. And I, I got to like, the, I guess everything over there is artificial intelligence as far as the gates go, London Heathrow. Yeah. So like you have to be there within the time to catch your connecting flight. So I was there one minute over, I guess you have to be there within half an hour. And I was yeah. like one minute over the half hour mark. Uh, so I got there and it said like denied to get through the gate. No way. So I could not get through. And they're like, oh, go over to the to the reservation desk. Went over to the reservation desk, was talking to the attendant. And uh, he's like, oh, well, uh, yeah, that you're not going to be able to catch a flight till tomorrow. What? And uh, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I can't stay in the London airport. And uh, so I was talking to this Turkish woman and she said, oh, she was talking to another lady. And she said, they're like, uh, oh, your flight's actually delayed. And we were on the same flight because mm-hmm. I was talking to her briefly on the plane. So then uh, we actually ran through the terminal to catch the flight, to make the flight, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to connecting flight to get to Turkey. And so uh, we made it there, got there. My luggage was did not show up because of the artificial intelligence saying that I would be on another flight the next day. So uh, mm-hmm. got my, yeah, got my luggage like the next day. Then when I flew back, I think there was like a 12 hour layover mm-hmm. um yeah it was just it was crazy and uh and then we got in the plane and the, we got when we got to the airport in la the captain said oh ladies and gentlemen as your captain speaking uh there's 145 bags that did not make it aboard this flight what and we were like how does that happen like, <laughs> yeah. how does that happen? so anyways Man. i got my bag a week and a half later uh and the airline i guess the airline doesn't reimburse when you get back home, they reimburse while you're on your trip, but they wow. don't reimburse when you get back home. So that makes I, absolutely no sense. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so what was their life. excuse? Did they have an excuse for why that happened? I don't. I don't. They gave me no excuse. They just. Uh, just I mean, they said. Oh yeah, they said there was like really bad weather in London, which there was. <laughs> yeah. But I don't understand how that would stop other people's bags from getting on the plane and 145 bags from not getting on the plane. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's weird. I'm glad you got it back though. That's cool. Yeah, man. So it was like, it was a long ordeal. It was didn't lose any valuables. Yeah. Yeah. It happened to my dad recently too, actually. It's just, it's constant. Um, Yeah. It's happened to a lot of people, especially with the Southwest thing. And yeah. And I think a lot of people are just getting stuff stolen in general. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the employees doing that or who's doing that. Yeah. But the last time I saw you was at Natanya's wedding like a month and a half ago, and you had just yeah. lost lost the jewel on your shirt. Uh, we were looking all yes. over the place for it, and we found it. Were you able to get that back on your shirt? No, man. I, I never found the other jewel. Actually, I bought I went yeah. on Amazon. I, I found them on Amazon, so I, I oh, bought cool. them on Amazon. Nice. I mean, it's an interesting shirt because it's got like the two cufflinks on the collar, and it looks cool. So I was like... Yeah, it was dope. You can't find shirts like that anywhere. I forgot what the kind of shirt. It's called like a cufflink shirt. Collar yeah, shirt cufflink. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So you started doing theater in Northern California at age five, and this is what initially started your acting career. Um. Your first play was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah. yeah you played. Uh, you played Grumpy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Grumpy when I was a little kid. Yeah. Did you enjoy doing theater? Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. I did it for many many years you know probably five six years oh wow 
Um, and I probably did about eight or nine theater productions. Nice. Uh, I did a little shop of horrors. I did that, that oh, nice. theater production. That was fun. That's cool. Actually, you know what? I think that actually might have been my first theater production now that I really think about it. Was Little Shop. But I was just like a, I didn't really have a main role. I was just kind of like a, a plant or something or like a tree <laughs> or something in the background. One of those <laughs> one of those eating plants. <laughs> yeah. I, that's like, cool. Audrey is the name of the big plant that eats people. Yeah. That's and awesome. I think I was like a, just a tree or something. <laughs> I, I can't remember. <laughs> that's cool. Did you, you, you liked theater though? Like you were enjoying it while you did it? Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. That's cool. I I actually started in theater too. I was when I was five. I was in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and I was uh, an an Oompa Loompa. (laughs) Yeah, I look back on that. I look back on that fondly because me and my mom like we painted the whole set to ourselves, which was really fun. Um, Yeah, you got to send me a picture of you as an Oompa Loompa. I have one. It's actually (laughs) it's on my Instagram. Even like you have to scroll scroll down a bit. I'll, I'll send you it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I'll check that out. I actually, I still own a VHS copy of the play and I'm like so scared to watch it. I don't know why. It's just going to be so weird wow. to see myself at that age. But, yeah, uh, especially as a Loompa Loompa. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was it like living in NorCal? Uh, it was nice, man. You know, it was like very, very different than LA. Quieter yeah. life. And it wasn't really Sacramento. It was like 30 miles north of Sacramento, which was like total boonies. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we lived in like... Uh, kind of like a foresty area, almost like Lake Tahoe looking area. Oh, cool. Um, so it was really nice, you know, lots of campgrounds and lots of places to barbecue and yeah. things like that. People are way more chill up there. Yeah. And it's, uh, my mom taught equestrian. So like my whole life growing up, I, I lived on ranches basically. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, and then when we moved out here, my mom got into the entertainment industry as well, providing animals for films. So I don't oh, know if you ever saw the film Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness, yeah. the yes. freaking horror movie. Yeah, of course. What? Yeah. So I so like uh, all the horses in that movie. My mom provided all those horses for that film. Get out, dude! That's yeah. insane. I was talking about Army of Darkness literally last night with a friend when we were at a movie. I swear to God, that's wild. Oh yeah, Bruce Bruce Campbell used to come over to my house all the time and ride horses. What? Get yeah. out, dude! That's insane. Good good family friend man <laughs> have you told this story i haven't even heard you talk about this no yeah i, I just i kind of like brought it up when you That's mentioned uh, crazy yeah i've never talked about this on a podcast yeah my my uh my mom worked on a lot of a lot of films uh when it was funny too she worked on a film with tom guy who played smalls in the sandlot uh called the four diamonds okay and he had to write he had to ride a horse around and so my mom provided the horse and taught him how to ride the horse and everything Wow, did she even know like the the Sandlot connection when she did it, like right off the bat, or? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, know. cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's wild. I actually, I was in the first. I don't know. Are you an Evil Dead fan? Like, do you like those movies? Uh, I watched. Yeah, I watched. I think I watched Evil Dead two. Okay, and then Army of Darkness. Hopefully. Yeah, Army of Darkness. Yeah. Um, I saw the newest one that's coming out in April. We went to like the first test screening of it. It's fucking insane, dude. Yeah, so, really? It's so good. Yeah, it's gonna do very well. And they have a, the Necronomicon. What is it? The Necronomicon. That yeah, the Nec- the book. Yeah, the Necronomicon. Yeah. That that's in there. I yeah. I was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, I wish he was in the movie. You know. Yeah, I know. And I was hoping for like a cameo of some sort, but you never know. You know, he had the show. He might come back at some point. You know, it's yeah. all about the the offer, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, let's see here. 
So do you ever go back and visit NorCal? Like, are you, are you moved on from life in the Bay? You know, I haven't in a long time. I would yeah. like to, I would like to go back one day and see my old house. I grew up in from, yeah. from when I was born to like 10 years old. That'd be cool. I lived in this house and, uh, I haven't been there a long time. Yeah. Um, it was weird. The last time I was there was probably 2004. Mm. And, uh, and you know, it's so weird when you go back to your childhood home, cause it seems so much smaller than you remember. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see it now. Cause I've heard grass Valley's blown up and it's just big, you know, booming town now. Oh, that's cool. And you, yeah. uh, so, you, so your aunt ran an extras casting company out in LA and she's the one that got you and your mom extra roles in the John Candy film delirious, which I'm, I'm guessing that was 1990 ish when you did yeah, that 1990. Yeah. Wow. And then the film came out in 91. How was that experience? Uh, it was cool, man. It was cool. You know, it was, uh, kind of like, uh, cemented me wanting to do this more. Um, mm-hmm. as I've told the story before, I'm, you know, other podcasts, uh, you know, I was, uh, John Candy did a scene and then I kind of mimicked the scene of my mom. Yeah. You know, when it's a cut and John Candy came up behind me, put his hand on me. He's like, that's pretty good kid. And he <laughs> took a piece of toilet paper out of his pocket and signed his autograph on there. And I wow. still have it to this day. That's so I have a picture cool. of him, Mariel Hemingway, me and a kid that I did theater with actually in grass Valley that came out here with me when wow. I was 10. And, uh, yeah, it was, Kind of like a, you know, at that time, John Candy was one of the biggest stars in the world. So it was like, yeah, meeting Tom Cruise or something, or, you know, it was like, uh, oh my God, it's John Candy, you know? Yeah. Um, what scene was that, that you were in? There was like a scene in the town center. It was like a town center scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was filmed at the, I think it was the Warner, the Warner Brothers backlot. Okay. It's the same backlot where the Back to the Future tower is okay yeah yeah i think is that universal actually uh, it is it's universal i'm sorry it's universal okay i think i think it's universal yeah okay but we we filmed it at that that area where the uh the clock tower was and all that oh sweet okay yeah cool um so uh this experience on the movie set is what really igniting the acting career um so initially and you and your mom moved to LA to pursue your, your career and you were living paid paycheck to paycheck at the time just to make it happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, after the John Candy film, um, my aunt said, uh, well, let me get him in with an agent. Yeah. And she sent me to a media artist group. Uh, and I, uh, they wanted me to read like a, a monologue for a commercial to audition to get into the agency. And they ended up signing me. And they said, oh, we actually have a job for him to audition for a Colgate toothpaste commercial today. And uh, it was my first thing. And it was like right off the bat. They're like, uh, can you guys be there in like the next 30 minutes? And my mom was like, well, where is it? We were new to L.A. Yeah. Uh, weren't used to the traffic and all that because in Northern California, there's really no traffic like L.A. Right. And uh, she's like, oh, it's here. And she, my mom broke out the Thomas Guide. I don't know if you remember <laughs> those from like the early 90s. Is that like a big like map? <laughs> The big book, and it was like, yeah, yeah. The, you would have to like, it would be like, go to A six, and you'd go to A six, and then you would have to say, like, go to yep. page seventy three, and you'd have to like flip it and put a little check mark. It was crazy. Like those were a pain in the ass. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah, I can never figure it out. Anyway, we drove across town, 
I made it to the audition and I uh, had to dance with a little girl in the, in the audition. And I was so scared. I hid behind one of the chairs and the casting directors are like, Oh, it's all right. Come out. And, yeah. uh, walked out and I ended up doing the commercial and I ended up getting the, getting the role. That's wild. And you're, you're going to Catholic school at the time. What was that like? Uh, that was like a weird time in my life because, um, my mom had like basically left me with, I went to this Catholic school with these kids and, uh, my mom was at the time getting divorced from my dad yeah. and, uh, she was looking for a place to live. And she started at that time seeing my singing coach because along with acting I mean I was doing everything when I was a kid I was in singing classes I was in hip-hop dance classes I was in um acting classes and my singing coach was actually one of the original members of the band Sean on oh cool yes and my mom ended up dating him they started seeing each other and uh so while my mom was dating him um she asked one of the other moms one of the other kids in the catholic school if I could live with them for a while so she could find a place to live. And my sisters at the time were living in Northern California still. Yeah. So she wanted to bring my sisters out. So she, uh, she's like, Oh, you're going to live with them for a while. Um, and they were bad kids. They were, uh, they were kind of like, it was almost like a boy's home. It was really weird. It was like, mm-hmm. um, I saw a lot of crazy shit. I don't know mm-hmm. if I cuss on this. Podcast. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. yeah I saw a lot of crazy shit living there. Like, uh, we stole, like, they, they would steal from, like, the warehouse. Like, I don't, I don't know if you remember the warehouse, the place where we bought CDs in the early Oh, 90s. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah, to places like go, that, yeah. Go in there and, like, lift CDs and, like, uh, <laughs> ride our bikes off and, like, go to the arcade and sell the CDs to get money to play video games. And, oh, that's, uh, that's classic. Saw a lot of crazy stuff. Like, I mean, it was a weird time, man. Like, these kids were, they were pretty bad. Yeah. They, they had, the older brother there would always have girls over. And, right. I mean, I was 10 years, I was like 10 years old at the time. So I was like seeing all this stuff like blew my mind. Yeah. You're too young to be seeing yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of stuff that a 10 year old shouldn't see. Yeah. A lot to take in. Young. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like uh, a hard knock life when I first moved out here. And then um, my mom ended up picking me up and moved my sisters out here and we ended up living in LA and, that's cool. Yeah, I used to have yeah. a friend that told me he used to like steal from the uh, the Walmart bargain bins, like the DVD <laughs> bargain bin things. Oh, yeah, I was like, "How do you even do that?" And he's just like, "I would, I would unwrap it and just like steal the DVD." You didn't even get the good stuff, man. You yeah, the- you got it. You have the whole case at least. Like, come on. Yeah, you gotta get the new thing. Man. You gotta get the new stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you just gotta like rip the barcode off, right? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I've never stolen. Clothes, but that was the style back then. Everybody had baggy pants and baggy sweaters. And yeah, they would just yeah. take, they would take the whole thing with that plastic piece on it and everything and just like look around and put it down their pants <laughs> and you couldn't tell because they had a baggy sweater on. And just walk out so with their head, like their head low. <laughs> yeah. Just walk, we'd walk out and, and, uh, yeah, man, it was crazy times. Just jump up and down once you got out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like my parents made me go to like Sunday school too growing up at my church and I absolutely hated it. But, you know, we were Catholic and I had to do all the things to get my communion and confirmation and all that. Um, but what's funny is like none of us even go to church anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it's weird to me because I'd never gone to Catholic church. So in the Catholic school, obviously, there's a part of, in school where you have to go into church 
and go, yeah, get the communion and all that. And I, I never would go up because I never understood it. I never was like, why do I have to eat this cracker and take <laughs> yeah, a right. sip of fake, fake wine or whatever this is, juice yeah. or whatever. I thought Grape it was juice. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. 10. I was like, why am I, why do we have to do this? Yeah, so I never went up and I was scared to go up too. Cause I was like, I don't want to walk down there. And... Right. So it was a weird time, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Being a, being a kid is just weird in general. You know, you're just being, your whole life's being run by adults. But... Yeah. So when the, the uh, Sandlot audition came around, you originally went in for Bertram and you got cast, but then they, they kind of backpedaled a bit and realized you weren't quite going to fit the role that they had in mind. So uh, they had you read for Yeah, Yeah. Is that how it went? Yeah, I think the story was actually there was another kid that was going to play Yeah, Yeah that got injured. I really oh. think that that would happen. Wow. And uh, I think he got... I think it was actually JD Daniels. Now that I've talked to some people who yeah. was also in Mighty Ducks, he was in the first Mighty Ducks. Okay. Um, who I have not lost an arm or something on a railroad. I think that was why he didn't do the part because he's lost his arm. Wow. Uh, yeah, I got taken by, he was like on a train track or something. That's crazy. Somebody told me the story. It's crazy, but I grew yeah. up competing against him all the time in auditions because yeah. we looked so similar. Um, and so, yeah, like I was reading for Bertram and then I think that that's actually the real story um, that I found out recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, I, I got, yeah, yeah. And that was uh, the rest is history. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. 30, 30, <laughs> years this, 30 years this year. I know. I was thinking about that. I'm like, damn, I hope you guys have some crazy stuff planned for the, the 30th anniversary. I do too, man. It's like, well, it's weird because when we did the 25th anniversary, you know, yeah. 2018, uh, um, we didn't really hear about anything till March. March is when they kind of Fox okay. laid it all out for us. And they're like, this is what you guys are going to do. And you guys are going to do this many stadiums. And I was stoked. I was like, I'm going to do major league stadiums. I'm like, yeah, you're going to walk out on the field and yeah. during, during the, uh, you know, before the game starts and throw yeah. out the first pitch. And yeah, it was cool, man. It was uh, the Dodger experience was by far the coolest experience. Yeah. I heard uh, people were like tearing at your shirts and stuff. That's crazy. That was at the Angels Stadium. Oh, that was Angels. That okay. Was, we did the Angels before we did the Dodgers, but when we were doing the Angels, we were walking through the stadium, yeah. and we had security guards around us, and like people were like ripping our shirts off and like Jeez. yelling our lines out and stuff like that. And this is the first time I've really seen a lot of these guys in like you know twenty five years. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, we were all kind of looking at each other, like, what is going on here? Because you know, Sandlot up until that point, I mean, we kind of just like left that in the past, and we were like, yeah, it was yeah. a good movie. But we didn't know the cult following it had. Yeah. We didn't really understand until like that happened. And then we were like, whoa, this is like people know about this movie. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you and, you and Vic are like the only ones that really kind of kept in touch, right? Yeah, you know, he moved out here 2000, I think it was 2012 or something. Okay. Uh, he moved back from San Francisco and we started hanging out for, you know, it's been over a decade now. Yeah. Um, but oh, some of the other guys like Tom Guyery, I hadn't seen him in 25 years. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, Pat Renna, I saw here and there, you know. Yeah. Like signings. Uh, yeah. Chauncey, I saw occasionally. Brandon, I saw occasionally. Yeah. But I didn't really see a lot of those guys for, you know, 25 years. And then uh, when we did the 25th anniversary, it, it was like uh, it was like a whirlwind of things happening. And it was like going yeah. on entertainment tonight and going on doing right. the today show and going on all these different shows 
Yeah. You know, trying to remember our, our childhood from doing this film and yeah, just piece it all back together. Yeah. Yeah. And we little by little, the pieces started coming back and I started remembering things and that's so wild. Yeah. And it's, uh, and now like I see those guys every other week touring around doing signings with them. And, that's so freaking cool. Yeah. yeah. And I know you're talking about the whole cult following, like, I don't know, growing up, I felt like it definitely was like this huge movie because you know, just everybody I grew up with, like in my neighborhood and just everybody, like I played baseball for like over 10 years. So just everybody I knew was like obsessed with the Sandlot. Like that was our movie. Um, and yeah, yeah that was, that was one of the, the very influ influential ones for me from being a little kid. It's very cool. Yeah. It's so weird because you know, the, the school I went to was a small school and I think you saw my post or like my post about like, I was not really accepted in school, like by the jocks, you know, I was like, yeah. My, my friends were like the kids that had the tattoos at like 15 years old or 16 years old yeah. baggy pants on that were skating, listening to Soundgarden and Nirvana that would they'd be like, <laughs> screw gym class. I'm going to hang out behind the bleachers and smoke this joint. Right. You know, those were, the, those were, that was like my crew when I went to school and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, man, it was like, uh, it was a weird experience. Uh, you know, I mean, I could, it was weird because the cheerleaders were down with me. Like they were like, Oh my God, it's yeah. 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 Cause you know, you don't, you don't have a lot of actors that go to schools. Yeah. Of so course. like, I was kind of like one in one out of my whole school of, I was like, was who I was, you know? And, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I, I think Justin liked that and I got bullied and, and uh, yeah. yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird time in my life. That's what I was going to yeah. ask you is like, if, if people like bullied you constantly in school and just gave you shit for it, cause that happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, as I said, my close friends were cool, but it was like always like the guys that played football and stuff that were like the ones that were like dicks to me and so uh, you know, in junior high, yeah. uh, mainly because most of my high school year was like null and void because I got in that car accident. So like that yeah. was kind of like most of my high school. I didn't go to the majority of high school because mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Um. So your mom gave you the big Hershey chocolate bar to eat before your your audition to get you all hyper which I know you've told this story a million times, but for anybody that doesn't know, that's pretty wild. That's uh, that contributed to the getting the party. Yeah. 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 It was uh, after they told me, Hey, you're not going to play Bertram. We'd like you to audition for yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we need you to have a ton of energy. So my mom went to the liquor store and got me a big Hershey's bar <laughs> at the liquor said, store. Whole thing. <laughs> yeah. He said, eat that whole thing. And I ate the whole chocolate bar and, got that sugar rush. It's kind of like, I guess, Coke for kids. That's crazy. <laughs> and went in there and just, you know, had the energy that they were looking for. And <laughs> when uh, David McEvan stood up and, and said, and started going like that, I was like, all right, I think I got it. So, nice. And they just called yeah. you up and they're like, yeah, you're in. You're good. Yeah. They called my agent and my agent called my mom. And I remember my mom crying because she thought I had the role of Bertram and Bertram. she thought we were in the movie. And when they said yeah. like, oh, you need to re-audition um, cause it would be after like, I shot two commercials when I first came out here, it was like Colgate mm -hmm. toothpaste and a ragu spaghetti sauce. And then I auditioned for things for like a year and I got nothing. Wow. And, uh, I guess it was like, you know, beginner's luck to get two commercials right off the bat. And my mom was like, Oh, this is easy. Yeah. And then you go on all these other auditions and you're not getting anything and your mom's driving you around. To each other because it's it's so weird it's a lot different now in this day and age because everything is on film yeah. you know like if you're auditioning you send in a tape from your cell phone 
Yeah. Where back in like the early nineties, you had to go from one audition to another driving yeah. through LA traffic. And it was like, you know, and you weren't getting anything and your parents had to work, but they were schlepping you around different auditions. Yeah. So it was a, it was a different time. And I think uh, after I got the party, yeah, yeah, my mom just like broke down crying because like it was such a long audition process. Yeah. It was like, I mean, I auditioned for Bertram twice. I, I auditioned once, then I got a call back. Mm-hmm. Then I got the role. Then they told me I didn't get the role. Mm-hmm. And then, I, yeah, yeah, I auditioned for twice as well, actually. Wow. Because I auditioned for once, and then I got a call back again for yeah, yeah. And then when I went in the room for yeah, yeah, the second time, that's when I had the shirt Hershey's bar. Yeah, yeah. But that's when there was like probably like 40 other kids that looked just like me. Ugh. And I was like, oh, shit, dude. Like, you know? Yeah. But my mom filled my head with like, I would just, we would just stand in the hallway and just run lines, run lines, run lines, run lines. Yeah, that's and how you got to do it sometimes. Yeah. And then I had it down and I went in there and got it. That's wild. And you were off to the film in the neighborhood of Glendale in Salt Lake City, Utah, the summer of uh, 92. And uh, at the time of getting the movie, did you you think the movie was going to be as remotely big of a deal as it turned out to be? (laughs) Probably not. You know, it was just fun to film. I didn't think about how big it was going to be at the time. I just, it was like summer camp and it was like nine guys hanging out, doing like, just having fun. Like it was like, you know, and I think that comes across like, on camera because like uh we would do things like have super that's like when super nintendo you know was like a huge thing you know to have a super nintendo yeah so we would have like street fighter tournaments in the in like our trailers we had super nintendo in our like trailers and we would like have street fighter tournaments and we stayed in these uh bungalows where like they had this indoor outdoor pool yeah so we would like go swimming it was so hot in utah that like we couldn't wait to go to this pool and go swimming yeah so, the heat was so bad you could almost like see it on camera you could tell how he, how hot it was oh yeah i mean we were we got so hot at certain times of filming that they had these giant uh buckets of what's called sea breeze i don't know if you know what that is but it's like uh it's like an astringent that cools you down okay and so like they would dip towels in sea breeze and they would like put it on our heads and stuff like because like we almost passed i think one of us or Tom did almost pass out wow. um, from shooting in the heat. And so like, they would just put these, you know, t- wet towels of sea breeze on us and it would cool us down. That's but wild. we would hang out in the treehouse and stuff just to stay out of the heat. You know, we, when some nice. one of the other guys was filming a scene, we would be in the treehouse hanging out, like, you know, funny because they, they had like a stack of old playboys in the treehouse that they, they brought <laughs> in to like have the nostalgia of the movie. <laughs> Did they not know you're going to open them? <laughs> yeah. I That's think wild. Dave tells a story like he caught one of us, not me, but I think it was, I think it was Grant in the, in the treehouse, like looking at a playboy doing something. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Man. Yeah. There was like a, no way. <laughs> yeah. The treehouse was a cool, a cool thing. And uh, yeah, never, it was cool, man. I can never look at that treehouse the same now. <laughs> yeah. The tree, it was the treehouse of horrors. <laughs> yeah, the treehouse of Playboy. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's what I find really funny is you almost got kicked off the movie for punching Grant, you know, who ended yeah. up playing Bertram because uh, I, don't, I don't even remember. What was the reason? He was just pissing you off? Uh, we were just, it was like one of the scenes where we're trying to get the ball back and we started, he started talking something to me and I hit him in the stomach and he like went <laughs> down. And then even though we weren't, you know, in school because it was during the summer, there's always a teacher on set 
to like yeah, make sure everything goes well. Yeah. So I have the teacher like had to talk with me and my mom and say, Hey, I don't know if we can keep them on, on, the, on the movie anymore. <laughs> the, the director's like, look, we've already shot like 70% of this film. He's got to stay in. Yeah, of course. Um, Cause I'm got kicked off from, from punching him. And I remember like the director of photography, uh, Tony Richmond, like came up and he's like, I heard you hit him like a sack of, I heard you took him down like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you knock the wind yeah. out of him? Oh yeah. Yeah. He was down and he was like, Oh, that's amazing. And he's way, he was taller than all of us. He's the tallest. Yeah. You were like home. the smallest one. That's so crazy. Yeah. But I still have like, you know, I was like a chihuahua, but I had that pit bull mentality even when I was a kid. So was yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That furious energy right, right inside you there. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess with the yester. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess with the yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, let's see here. Um, so filming the Sandlot in Utah must have been pretty cool. You know, every time I'm in Salt Lake, that place is super freaking quiet. Um, especially I, I went there in COVID. It was so quiet there. Um, but the area you guys filmed in actually looked like an old time period. What was that like, you know, with all the additional set pieces? Yeah, I mean, everything everything in that film was made to look like the sixties. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, on that the street where Vincent Drugstore, where we, me and Squincy, went to Prefer Corn. They brought in a bunch of '57 Chevys and old, old cars lining the streets. Um, and just that area in general looks like some place out of the '60s. I mean, everything looks old-fashioned. Um, they chose Glendale because the houses look old-fashioned. Yeah. You know, uh, Benny's house. They had Scott, uh, Small's house and Benny's house like this, mm-hmm. like kitty corner to each other. Yeah. So it wasn't a set that was like real, like those houses were real, like right there. Yeah, no, they are. I've actually, I've been there. I visited them. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the sand lot's kind of grown over now though, which is sort of sad to see. Like they yeah. haven't really kept that too nice. Yeah. It was weird. The first time I actually was back to the sand lot for the first time since I filmed the movie was 2013 when we okay. did the 20th anniversary of the film. Yeah. And, uh, that was the first time I actually saw the sand lot again. And it was like so weird because, mm-hmm uh this whole set was torn down like the fence that divided mr myrtle's house the tree house and the timmons house mm-hmm. uh when i when we filmed it that was all there mm-hmm. so it was weird going on set but it was really strange because that oak tree that the tree house was built on mm-hmm. um, was actually all the leaves were silk leaves that were hand put on the tree really yeah so all those leaves on that tree were hand put on so it was like a and I walked over and I saw one of the leaves on the ground and I picked it up and I, I kept it. Oh, cool. One of the silk leaves that was on a tree. So it was like a, kind of like a memento, like, uh, oh, this is still here after all these years. You know? Oh, that's awesome. You still got it? Yeah but, yeah. but that year they basically, we got a plaque that sits in city hall that says, uh, the San Juan is considered a landmark in Utah and it can never be torn down or built upon. It's, it's basically, oh, nice. it will always be there. Even when we're dead and gone, the San Juan will still be there. That's wild. Yeah. That's so cool. And you, you were for, fortunate enough to meet uh, James Earl Jones while shooting. How cool was he? Yeah, he was, he was cool, man. He was cool. The, the story goes that I, uh, my mom said, I'm going to take you to meet Darth Vader. <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, all right, mom. Yeah, sure. And then she walked me in the back and he was sitting there eating, eating his breakfast. And I said, are you Darth Vader? And in his Darth Vader voice, he said, I am your father. <laughs> and I go, mom, it's him. And she goes, yeah, I told you. <laughs> That's sick. That's so awesome. Yeah, that was, uh, really, really nice guy. Man, 
Um, so the, the pool scene was difficult because it was actually the coldest day of the summer. Right. And that pool was pretty freezing. Yes. To this day, still the coldest pool we've, I've been in. And that sucks. And one's keep chattering. Uh, you know, when he's walking to the diving board to, he looks at Wendy Prefercorn. That's because the pool is so cold. That's insane. Why didn't they just yeah, do it on I mean, a hotter day? They had the whole summer. I don't know. It was, I think it was the pool in general. It was uh, a hot day. It was a super hot day. It's okay. the actual pool. I don't know how it's so, it was so cold, but Weird. it was like freezing. And we shot it. I think we shot it at, at very early in the morning. We started shooting. And I think that's why the pool is so cold. That makes sense. Yeah. I think it's very cold at night and then very hot during the day. That seems to always happen. Whenever I want to go to a pool, it's always way too cold. Almost every time. But you guys actually asked Marley, a.k.a. Wendy Peppercorn, who she would be willing to go out with out of all you kids. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, and, we did. And what did you guys we say? Were, <laughs> we were 12 or, yeah, we were 12 and she was like 17 or 18. Wow. She was like, oh, you guys are cute, but you're a little young for me. I think maybe <laughs> when uh, maybe when you guys get older, but like, I like more of like, I like Tom Cruise. And uh, we were like, we're, that's not what we asked you. Which one of us do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized recently that she's in the, those new Scream movies. I had no idea that was her until recently. She's yeah, pretty she's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, she's yeah. awesome. I think she's in... Um, What's that new show uh, in Montana that films in Montana? Is that Yellowstone? Yeah, Yellowstone. I think Yellowstone. she's doing a couple episodes of Yellowstone now. Really? Okay. My dad loves that show. Yeah. I heard that's really good. Uh, I know you're you're a big fan of The Boys, right? Yeah, I love that show. Love I, heard, it. I heard that's good. I haven't seen it, but I heard you were a really big fan of that one. Oh, yeah. I'd love to do some kind of... I don't even care if it's a cameo or whatever. I'd, I'd love to be yeah, one you, of the characters in the show. You seem like you would fit it for sure. Yeah. Um, so when they put you up in that crane to go over the fence, what was was that like? Super uncomfortable. Yeah, it was actually. Uh, it was actually. It's funny. I have the. I have the um, fiberglass harness. In Do my you really? Garage. No way. Yeah. yeah, I can show it to you if you want. Oh, absolutely. Hold on. Oh, you know, you don't got to do it right now if you don't want to. That's fine. Oh, okay. I, yeah, whenever <laughs> I, I'll definitely check that out. It'd be sweet. Yeah, I have actual fiberglass arms. It's funny because it's like this thin. Yeah. Like I put it up against my body now and it's like this. On is me. it is it near you right now? Like, could you grab it real quick? Yeah, it's in my garage. Hold on a second. If it's, not a, if it's not a pain in the ass. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is the harness right here. This is the fiberglass harness. No way. That's crazy. I put it up against myself now. It's a quarter of what I am now. <laughs> wow. So it would fit, basically, it would fit right here. What the hell? And these, uh, this is a podcast first. I've never shown this. That's these insane. are the actual, um, these are like steel cables that ran like through the harness. So, like, I was floating like this. Yeah. And the steel cables, and then there's Velcro on the back, see? Yeah, That's yeah. Where, they literally lift a kid. They lifted a kid up in the air, fifty feet on this thing. <laughs> Is that like super <laughs> uncomfortable? That looks awful for hours on I end. Mean, it was. It was. I mean, I mean, you look at the inside of it. It was like you know. Yeah. I mean, hard, it's, hard it's material. Hard, hard fiberglass plastic, but yeah. yeah. I mean, they lifted me up in this thing, and uh, these steel cables are what held me, and the uh, the production crew were the ones pulling the cables. Wow. So it was like. 
floating in this thing for like, you know, six or seven hours was, was pretty crazy. That's crazy. Did they ever accidentally drop you or like joke? No, but the guys, or no, but Tom would do, Tom would stand up all the way in the top of the treehouse and he would hawk loogies and then he would like suck them back up. Nasty. And he would like, he did that once and it hit me in the back of the head (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> the production guy came up and was like, got, got in his face. He was like, get out of here. You do that again. We're going to pick you up. Like got pissed at him. Like, that's awesome. He was like pocket boogies on me as I was like floating, you know, over the fence. And it was, uh, yeah, it was what kids would do. Did he start crying yeah. when the guy yelled at him? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I don't think so. He was a little, he was a little bastard. That kid. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah. man. That's cool. Thanks for showing us that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I remember growing up, the beast was like the scariest damn dog fucking ever. Were, were any of the kids actually scared of the dog? Um, no, he was just the sweetest dog. Okay. He was a sweet dog. Uh, the actual, there was probably three dogs, three full mastiffs, uh, that we shot with. There was one that had to lick, um, Tom's face. There was one that did the chase scene. And then the other one, uh, the other one did the scene in the backyard when he's facing off against Benny. Mm-hmm. Um, but those were the three dogs that we used filming. And, uh, and then they had the big animatronic dog that I come face to face with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they had another puppet dog that was actually at the Hollywood museum. So if you go to Hollywood museum right now, they have it right now. Yeah. It's in there right now. Is that, that must've um, been recent. Cause it wasn't there last time I was there. Yeah. When were you there last time? Probably at least a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, if you go in the dungeon part where the, um, where they film oh. silence of the lambs, you know, they show the set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the beast is in one of those, um, it's in, he's in one of those cells. Wow. I'm going to go there like this week. That's sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Is that how your mom like got into like working with animals is just from the sandlot? Does that have any relation to that? Um, no, she didn't really, I'm trying to remember how she got it. I mean, she, she was, uh, she, I think she got in with like doing stunts. She wanted to be a stunt woman for a while. Oh, wow. So she, uh, she was always very active when I was a kid and she uh, would always go to the gym all the time, which probably is where I get it. But, yeah. uh, she did, uh, she did a lot of her own, like she went to stunt school. I remember we would drive down to this place and she would go to stunt school and I'd be yeah. waiting for her and she would do like flips and falling off of buildings and stuff like that. So cool. And then she, uh, she met up with, uh, I guess she met with like a guy that was a teamster and he's the one that did, did like all the animals for movies and stuff. And, um, he hired her to actually, uh, work on a film and then she did that. And then somehow she got to be the lead wrangler on army of darkness to wrangle all the horses, which is like, was unheard of somebody that didn't have a lot of experience. So yeah, that yeah, movie's got a lot of scope too. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, all the horses you see in that, she provided every single one of those. And there's, I think there's like hundred horses in that film. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so what would you guys do on off days from the set after you would get out? Oh man, we would, uh, we'd go to the, they had a big, um, we'd go to the mall. We would go to like, there's a, there was a place that had like one of those Gravitrons. We would go on the Gravitron, uh, and it had batting cages. What was the Gravitron again? uh, it was like a thing. It was like looked like a big UFO, and it spun around. 
Okay. And you would stick to the wall, and then the floor would drop. Oh, yeah. No, I've been on those a million times. Those make you super sick. Yeah. So we would go, and, and, and we would go, in that, and that, that was, like, at the point where I realized I hate rides that spin around in circles. And then, Same. like, literally after we went on that ride, we had to film the, the Trabant at, at, a, at the carnival scene in the Sandlot. Yeah. So, I was going to ask, how many times did you have to ride the ride that you guys puke on from the chewing tobacco? <laughs> Oh, uh, that that ride we I rode uh, probably like ten times. Wow. Yeah, we shot that at night, and it was like over and over and over on that ride. And they had a camera that was like mounted on the actual ride. Yeah, yeah. So we would like it would film us, and then we had these tubes running down the side of our face for <laughs> where we had to puke. And the tubes were filled with like pea soup, like mixed with like bacon bits, and like it was it was like, <laughs> like just nastiness. Disgusting. And then they would press a button and then they would be, they like, they tell us to go like this, like, you know, like we're throwing up. Yeah. And they would be like, and it would shoot out. That's insane. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they would just take buckets of this pea soup and throw it on our clothes to make it look like we puked all over ourselves. And, yeah. It looks so gross in the movie. It's very effective. Uh, it was hard <laughs> to shoot. That was a hard scene to shoot. Did anybody get yeah. squeamish just from seeing all that? I mean, some people get that. Yeah. I did. You did. I did for sure. That's wild. Yeah, I, I, felt, I felt sick doing that, yeah. Was there any kind of rap party for the Sandlot? Like, once you guys completed filming? I think we did have a rap party. I don't remember it, though, to be honest. Uh, I, I do remember... I remember the, the premiere uh, was at... Somewhere out in Hollywood. I can't even remember the building, but I remember the premiere. Mm -hmm. They gave us all Sandlot hats. That's cool. And... Uh, and we had to, uh, they brought in, they shipped in a lot of like underprivileged kids uh, to watch the film. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, they had the red carpet and all that. And um, I have a picture of it somewhere and they're like right across the street is the movie Falling Down. They had the premiere Falling Down. Oh, that's a great one. Literally right across the street, like as we were doing the Sandlot premiere. Oh, Michael Douglas. Um, <laughs> yeah. Great film. I love that film. That's a wild movie. I love it. Uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, it holds it holds up today. No, it definitely uh, does. He's he's wild in that one. <laughs> I do remember we did a tour. We did it. They wanted us to do like a nationwide tour for the film. Yeah. Um. So they paired us up in groups of two. So like me and Tom, who played Smalls, we did uh Boston, Philadelphia, New York, and uh, they took us around in limos. And I remember we did a school in Philadelphia, and this was like a little while after Samuel had came out yeah. and we came out of the top of the limo and kids are like pulling us off the top of the limo, like pulling our arms and stuff. And they had to like put us in the limo and we were like driving off and these kids are like hitting the limo doors and windows. And it was, it was pretty crazy. That checks out. <laughs> yeah. And you guys got to play on the, uh, the field of dreams field against the league of their yeah. own girls. What the heck? That's yeah. crazy. I just found that yeah, out. I didn't did know that. that. Yeah. We did that in 2019. Wow. Um, we played like with Wade Boggs and um Jeez. Who else was there? <laughs> Ozzy Smith. And uh yeah, man, like we had these all stars on our team. And <clears throat> yeah, the field uh, the Field of Dreams girls were there and we played That's with them. So it was a lot of fun, man. <laughs> so <laughs> Got you... drunk with Wade Boggs out there. Did you <laughs> <laughs> was uh we're, was... We're <laughs> to this day, we're very good friends with Wade Boggs. Like we we actually saw him last year. Um, we did uh, we did a card show in in New Jersey. Yeah, and uh, 
afterwards we had a big dinner and Wade Boggs was there and, and we just laughed like nonstop for like hours. Um, it was funny though at the end of the meal, like, you know, Boggs drinks a lot. Like his thing is like, he could drink like uh, 75 Miller lights or something like that. What? <laughs> 75? Yeah. What? Yeah. 70, like 75. He's actually in an episode of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's called the Wade Boggs challenge. Yeah. Where he has to drink like 70 80 Miller lights or something like that. And it's real and they filmed so, it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 real. Like you Oh know, my god. Know. That's crazy. But get it as we were driving back from the Field of Dreams, we were driving in like his uh it's like Winnebago. And uh we were like he had a cooler like the biggest cooler I've ever seen in my life. It was like huge. It was like this big. Yeah. And he just had just full of like Miller like I can't remember if it's Miller or Coors. The guys are going to kill me if I can't remember this, but uh That's hysterical. He 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 literally went through like 75 beers. And then oh, yeah. he got on stage with Chauncey who played Squints and they sang uh, Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> There's no way he was audible for that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Man. It was uh, really That must cool. have been a shit show. <laughs> yeah. It was man, really cool. how many Miller Lights can you crush? You're a big guy. Oh, man. I, you know, I don't really drink beer. I drink, uh, I drink vodka. Okay, interesting. Vodka is my thing. Beer bloats me. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, sucks. I mean, I could put away Moscow Mules like, like nobody's business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a screwdriver. <laughs> um, so yeah, you got Moscow you got, Mules is my team. Ma- Moscow, yeah. <laughs> you guys got or yeah. you you got mobbed at an In and Out before by a bunch of crazy Sandlot fans. What was that like? Yeah, I was going through In and Out, and uh, the girl at the window goes, "Oh, I know you from somewhere," and I, and I go. Well, did we go to school together? Because I, I don't get recognized as much as someone like Pat, let's say. Right. Looks like the exact same. Like, <laughs> Just a grown-up version of himself. Yeah, like a grown-up version of himself when he's 12. But uh, Totally. Uh, the lady goes, no, I know you. I know you. I could tell. And she goes, she goes you're in Sandlot. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, oh, no way. And like she tells everybody there. And like, <laughs> I mean, they have like a line, you know, in the in, on the in and out. Mm-hmm. And they're all bringing me like their hats and uh, placemats and things like that, passing them through the window, and I'm, like, signing them. That's incredible. Like, people behind your honking the horn, like, what the hell is going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> and then they <laughs> like, realize, and they're like, they're like, oh, get me too. <laughs> yeah, like, signing stuff as fast as I can and passing it through the window. And That's and, sweet. Uh, yeah, that was that was interesting, you know. I, was, uh, I get recognized at weird places. Yeah. Do you like yeah. getting recognized? Like, does it, does it feel good, or is it weird? Uh, it's cool for me because it's not everywhere I go. Yeah. Like Pat, let's say, for example, we can't walk down the street with that guy without people driving the car by and being like, you're killing me, Smalls. I feel so like, bad for him, honestly. <laughs> oh, man. Like we were in Philadelphia and like you walk around with this guy and you look around and everywhere people are like, <laughs> like people are whispering like, that's, Is that, that's the guy. And then, yeah. And literally like that's we'll crazy. walk into like, oh, we were at the, we were at the show, the same Jersey show I told you about where the card show, the card show. Yeah. And, and we got invited to the panini party. It's like this big exclusive party. There's a bunch of celebrities there. And we went to like this like really exclusive back room, the celebrity back room. And Joe Montana was standing there and Pat walks in and people like, and people were paying like, I think people paid like six or $7,000 to go to this party. Wow. People walked past Joe Montana when they saw Pat. They're like, Dude, please, can I have your autograph, please? And Joe Montana's like, the <laughs> that's sick yeah and uh yeah it's the guy can't go anywhere really i don't know how he uh 
I mean, he's probably more recognizable than a lot of big stars because there's not too many like heavy set redhead freckled kids. Freckled, you know, freckled walking, old men. Yeah. <laughs> walking around that look the same as they give in their club. That's brutal, man. <laughs> I wonder if he if he likes that or not. He probably acts like it's fine, but I'm sure deep down he's like, man, I wish I looked a little different now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, we we asked him that before. He doesn't mind, um, yeah. but he likes to get out of there, so it's like not constant. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like especially if you're walking around with your family and people are doing that, you know, it's like I get it, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if your family is like, hey, like I'm I'm here with with uh, your killing me smalls guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This last thing you need. Um. So you're still pretty good at baseball despite not playing often. Uh, you've played a couple times recently in the last couple of years. Do you, do you still enjoy I'm, playing? I'm decent. Yeah, you're I'm decent. decent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I wouldn't say pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Uh, I'm rusty yeah. compared to how I played when I was a kid. But If um, you were to play today, like what would be your position? Uh, I would still play shortstop, I, I think. Yeah. I played um, shortstop a bit growing up. Yeah, I would still play shortstop. Uh, I mean, when we played on the field of dreams, I made some pretty cool catches. Yeah. Um, so hitting, I got to work on my hitting. I got to go to the batting cages and work on my hitting because I got to freshen that up. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, you're good. <laughs> well, Is that like light. an automatic light? light? Yeah, it's like a light here because it's dark in my house. Is that a ring um, light? Yeah. Yeah, I got to get one it's, of those. It's very dark. In this. At, at night, I need to fix the lighting. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, my hitting, my hitting needs some work. Um, catching is still pretty good, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure if they ever did a Sandlot show, we would have to really brush up and uh, get get better again. That needs to happen, by the way. We need that. Yeah, I mean, even like I a mean, one hour yeah. thing, like a one hour special, would be so cool. Yeah, well, at the end of 2019, we met with producers at Fox, yeah. and we had a big meeting about the show yeah. and uh you know it was it, it seemed like it was a go and then uh of course disney came in and bought foxy in the 2019 and on top of that COVID hit the next year so like two months later COVID hit mm-hmm. and uh everything got put on hold so well you know this I, would I be think, the year to hear a call you know this would be the time yeah if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen now because we're getting older and yeah you know but plus with the anniversary you know yeah, exactly um, you were in three episodes in the first season of Boy Meets World that you filmed after Sandlot's theatrical release. Was that a good time? Yeah, that was, out of all the shows I did in the 90s, that was my favorite show to be on. Yeah. Um, and I have lifelong friends with those guys. I was just on their podcast, Pod Meets World. Yeah, I listened to it. It was great. Um, it was a good episode. Yeah, it was just uh, a lot of nostalgia going back, uh, hanging with those guys and it was really weird because, you know, I watched all those shows growing up and then I was on the show, yeah. you know, um, I watched like the first couple episodes of boy meets world. <clears throat> and then, um, and then I was on the show and, and, uh, I watched home improvement and, uh, it was so weird that there was like, like a rec room for the kids to mm-hmm. go in and play video. They had like arcade games and like pool tables. And then you go outside, they had a basketball court. So all the kids that were on these shows, like Boy Meets World and Home Improvement would get together and play like arcade games and play basketball together. And I just thought that was so cool. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, you know, man, the nineties were unreal. Kids, kids suck nowadays. (laughs) They just (laughs) don't, they don't get it. They're just generic kind of. Yeah. I I feel like it's just generic kids. Like you, I watch some of these shows. I'm just like, 
these kids aren't interesting. They're yeah. Just, I don't know. It's not went- about the kids from the 90s that were. I went to hear uh, Richard Linklater, the director, speak yesterday, and he was talking about his most recent project, this like space movie he did, where they were like auditioning all these kids and they had them playing like kickball and stuff, and then they had a bunch of the kids ride bikes, and he said that like most of the kids didn't even know how to ride a bike because <laughs> they're all yeah, just wow. kids that sit indoors and play with tablets and stuff. So sad. Yeah, it's... and you know the, the the kids talk about like iPhones and stuff like in in movies now and stuff, and they're just like, oh, I hate that. It's not that's not kids being kids, you know, that's, uh, right. They act like little, like 40 year olds, you know, people want to see kids being kids. Right. I don't even like when I see an iPhone in a movie, like even for a second, it like irks me. (laughs) It like takes me out of it. I'm like, come on, we get, we get, we have the the technology. We don't need to see it more. I mean, that's why everybody's revamping stuff because they've just run out of ideas. It's totally, they want want the easy money. So they're like, Oh, that was popular back then. Let's do that again. I hate that. That's why I hate Marvel movies. I hate all this stuff that we're just recycling constantly. We need originality again. And it's just, it's so hard, you know, you know, especially. Yeah, I, think it's more like, I think it's more like doing like, I don't know. I got to be honest. I saw that Mighty Duck show and I thought it was horrible. I was like, <laughs> really? You know, <laughs> I didn't even bother with it. Oh man. I watched like two episodes and I was like, oh, this, this is horrible. It looked and bad from like the poster though. I think. Yeah. Uh, it just, it wasn't interesting. And it was like, as I said, the kids just weren't interesting. And, and, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like Cobra Kai was done very well, in my opinion. I heard that's really good. I want to see that. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, you got to watch that. That that show yeah. they did very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's they did it right. They brought back the old people. Mm-hmm. They brought brought back like the Johnny and the, uh, you know, the uh, Ralph Macchio. Uh, what what are you, Larusso? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they brought back like it, it, when you bring back the original characters. That's what people want to see. They don't want to see you bring back all new people. Mm-hmm. from an old film you know from an old film that made the film good in the first place yeah i think that's one, like what ruins it my one buddy tony's in that show he's in a couple episodes he was from the original karate kid cast he was right up the street from me um they brought him back for like two episodes but he loved it he said it was a great great experience yeah and yeah i mean it's it's uh nostalgias can be good if you do it right if you re- want to redo it do it right you know exactly at least bring back the original people and hopefully if they do like a Sandlot special or something or a show, they just, they don't have too many chefs in the kitchen. We don't need a 10 writers for a show. Just get two really skilled writers or people that they know, know what they're talking about. Grew up watching the Sandlot. Like those are the people you need to get people that are dedicated to it. Yeah, we had that. We had that when, when we, uh, when we were going to do the show. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. We had that. Uh, and our, and our, and our producer was, uh, was an amazing guy too. Like he'd mm-hmm. done a lot of stuff shows like prison break and stuff like that so you know we had a yeah we had we had a good lineup and uh and david mickey evans was set to direct again so that's crazy it was it could have been great so hopefully it happens again yeah it just just needs to be people that understand the source the source material and appreciate it enough to make it good again you know exactly um so you continue to do guest spots on shows for a few years until having the bad car accident and you fell asleep at the wheel. Was that what happened? Yeah. You know, I, Sucks. after Sandlot, it was kind of like a, it was just like constant, constant, constant doing stuff. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't on a TV show, I'd be on like a doing voiceover work for movies. I think I did over like 200 films, just the background voices and films. Yeah. So I was very rarely at school. And, um, when I was at school, it was like getting up in the morning, you know, getting on the bus, you know, or 
of driving to school, uh, doing the whole day at school, then leaving school, going to an audition. And I lived about 60 miles from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So it was like driving all the way to Hollywood, auditioning, met like memorizing my lines as I'm driving. Mm-hmm. And then driving back 60 miles, getting home, doing my homework, and then going to bed at like 12, you know, like midnight, 1230 at night. And it eventually took a toll on me and yeah. uh, was driving to an audition after school and just like, bam, fell asleep at the wheel, went over the yellow line and hit, hit somebody. Wow. And didn't remember anything until I woke up and I was in a hospital room and my leg was hanging from a metal bar. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd been kidnapped. I had this really vivid dream that I was inside of a, like I was inside of a trailer and I'd been kidnapped. And so I woke up and I still thought I was in a dream and I was like trying to rip the metal bar out of my leg, which was basically holding my bones together. Mm-hmm. and uh the nurses came in and like were like no 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 don't do that and uh mm-hmm. they were like you're you've been in a bad accident you were you've been you've been in like somewhat of a coma for like four four or five days yeah and uh they had breathing tubes that with you know down my throat and all that and uh kind of just woke up kind of just like that you know hamlin situation that just happened and thought i was still in the same yeah experience or whatever you know it was, it was like you know it, it's it's a strange thing you know yeah i was gonna mention that you're talking about the bills player right yeah yeah how crazy right insane that's my team by the way yeah you know you, how nice man I, I'm, I'm from i'm, I'm from buffalo about, i'm a buffalo boy yeah <laughs> nice man so you're yeah. you're probably happy about that recovery then of, uh, dude yeah man. that was that was wild and he, he woke up he's he's talking perfectly and you know it's probably going to be a long recovery too. I'm sure like at least for a bit, but hopefully he'll play again. You know, who knows? Yeah. Too early to tell for that, but I'm just glad he's okay. And you know, we, we came back really strong. I I was also a little worried that, you know, our play was going to be affected and they, they came back and just did a really good job and and we won the, the the next game. So that's pretty cool, but that's never happened in the history of the bills. Like there's never, or even NFL, there's never been a game that like suspended like that. And you know nobody's ever had like like flatlined on the field like that, and that's just wild. Yeah, I think it was like literally was hit at the exact perfect time. Yeah, for the to go into cardiac arrest, you know. So scary. Like getting hit in the chest at that right time where your heart just stops, and uh, I don't know the whole thing, but I mean it just yeah, it's it's scary, man. It's you know. Did you see the video of it? It's it doesn't even look that bad, like from the video. It doesn't, but like. You know, even after your your heart stops, like probably for like you know two or three seconds afterwards, you're probably still moving, and then you're just like, whoa. Yeah, right. So yeah. weird. But so, you, you flatlined too when, when your accident happened, right? And you didn't wake up until five days later. Yeah, I flatlined, and I actually got helicoptered out. Um, That's crazy. The helicopter landed like literally on the freeway, or not on the freeway, on the two lane road I crashed on, and lifted me up. And I can remember hearing the helicopter blades. Mm-hmm. Um, I can vaguely remember that. And like going in and out of consciousness because I lost a ton of blood. Yeah. Uh, that was the main thing. That was the reason that I, um, I almost died. Yeah. Just the blood loss. Mm-hmm. And I got, um, I got my parents. Um, I mean, I'm universal. So like uh, you know, my acting coach, Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people donated blood to help me, you know, mm-hmm. to get better. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a scary time, man. It was a, 
a scary time. The doctors like were telling my mom, like, I don't think he's ever going to walk again. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of surgeries because <clears throat> um, they said I, like, I basically had to have a partial hip replacement in my right hip. I shattered my femur to the point where like do- the doctor's like, there's no way we could put that back together. And my mom ended up finding uh, the best orthopedic surgeon in California, Dr. Wiss, who basically pieced my, the bones back into my leg together to make sure that I walk. Wow. Uh, because the first doctor did the operation so bad that like one of my legs would have been two inches shorter than the other one, Ugh. which <laughs> would have what been the worse. They had to re- <laughs> yeah. They had to literally re-break my leg. And oh, reset. what? Wait, how, yeah, how does that happen? They, they literally had to re-break it and reset it to make sure that my leg would be the same length as my other leg. Were you awake when that happened? That. <laughs> huh? Were you awake when they did that? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Okay, no. wow. No, they re-break your leg and they actually they fix it <laughs> if a doctor screws up. That's insane. Yeah, so it, it, it was a lot, of, uh, a lot of trauma and uh, a lot of recovery. What was it like relearning how to walk? Uh, it was very painful because your legs atrophy. So like, yeah, it was like walking on two like broomsticks, literally. Like when I first started walking again, mm-hmm. I mean, my legs were like, you know, like mm-hmm. thin man, like this. Yeah. And it was like, uh, you know, it was like walking on skeleton legs and it was like, uh, extremely hard. Yeah. Can't um, even imagine. Just the pain of like not having the muscle in your leg to, you know, move you around. One of my uh, old coworkers, I used to work at a Lexus dealership in New York. He he got in a really bad car accident. He's he got paralyzed pretty much, and he he's still trying to learn how to walk again. But he's used wow. like a wheelchair and everything. It sucks. Not everybody recovers, you know. Yeah, definitely have like a yeah, really like, fortunate situation, you know. Yeah, I thank God, you know, that I'm I'm still here and I'm able to walk and. Uh, yeah, man, a lot of really bad concussion and everything. And how long did that whole process take to relearn to walk and like feel normal again, you know, semi-normal? Oh man, it took like probably about two years. Wow. Cause I was, after I left the hospital, I was in a wheelchair for probably like five or six months. <sighs> and just being in a wheelchair to me was a weird experience because like mm-hmm. you get wheeled around and people would look at you. And I hated that. Like I hated like people thinking that I was like disabled or something. Yeah. Like a cripple or something. Yeah. It was like the worst feeling. And then graduated from that to a walker mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then was able, you know, started walking again, but it was like, I mean, the recovery was two, three years. Wow. Did any like yeah. news break out about you? Like, obviously that was like 97, like it's not as easy as it would be now, but like, were they like, Oh, Sandlot actor gets an accident. Like, did that happen? I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, there, there was newspaper articles and things like that. Yeah. Did any of them come to visit you, like uh, the cast or anything? Oh, yeah. Uh, Chauncey and Pat uh, Hammond Squints came to visit me. I have a picture somewhere of them with me in the hospital. Oh, that's nice. But it's so weird seeing that picture now because my face looks completely different. It was was like very gaunt and like I looked like I weighed probably like 100 pounds. Yeah. Um, Didn't eat because I was constantly on like an automatic morphine drip. So I would just constantly be pressing the button to get that morphine fix just to kill the pain. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was a bad time. It sucks. And there, there's a documentary on your story that I believe was on Peacock. Is it still on there? Yeah. And yeah, then, it's on my Instagram as well. If yeah, you go it's to, in, uh, Marty, 
yeah. underscore York and go to my bio, you can actually click the direct link. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that talks about what you went through. And, you know, I, rem I remember hearing you were planning on doing like a more complete or like full length version of the doc. Is that still in the cards? Yeah, I'm talking to some, uh, a script was actually written about my life coming out here and the whole scenario. I didn't really tell you everything about those kids I lived with, but I go into that. Some of the things I saw living there, um, I go into the relationship with my mom that kind of was like severed mm -hmm. um, when she became like, I wouldn't say California kid because we're from California, but I would say like Los Angeles sized, yeah. uh, you know, just becoming like that. You know, when I started becoming an actor and like doing this professionally, as opposed to when I just did like local theater, mm -hmm. uh, my mom started changing. I noticed, and our relationship kind of changed. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff happened uh, in my life that would make a good film. No, definitely, I would love to see that. I thought the even like the short documentary was fantastic. I thought, you know, it was very yeah. Emotional. A lot of people saw it and they were like, "Is there more of it? We want to see more of it." Is there like what happened after? You know, like right yeah it's kind of like you know what what's the uh, what's the end story uh it's kind of like an eight mile when he walks away after rat, bat, beating everyone at the shelter and yeah. like okay what happens now um yeah yeah so i mean i want to i want to do like a full thing and do a full movie and that'd be really cool yeah, it was super emotional and natanya's in there and she's talking about like the the homes that she sets up for the homeless people which is amazing and it was good, some good stuff yeah, that was like when I first met her and, and I asked her to be in it and, and she donated the tiny home to my, you know, my sister and yeah, and also some of the other, you know, people that she lost to uh, drugs. So, yeah, now we've all we've all lost people. It seems like, honestly, like I have a my favorite cousin in the world, literally, like we're so close. He just got out of rehab. He was in New Jersey for the last like three months for, you know, heroin. And we talked to him recently. He sounded so good. And it's like, it sounded like him again. It, it's been like 10 years before, you know, it's not, he sounded that good. So it was incredible. So I'm hoping he, he continues. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've talked to some different like classes and stuff like that after my, my sister's passing about the uh, opioid epidemic. Yeah. And uh, uh, even the documentary affected a lot of people. I got a lot of messages from people like saying like, yeah wow, after signing your documentary, like I, I really, you know, I, I stopped uh, doing heroin just because mm -hmm. one girl especially sent me like literally like a six or seven paragraph uh, uh, message on social media saying like, um, you know, I really, I, I was a huge fan of yours in the Sandlot and seeing that, I, you know, I've been doing heroin. And I see how it affected, I see how it affected you with your family and I see what my family's going through and I, I'm now going to treatment and she'll hit me up occasionally, like every maybe couple years and say like, Hey, I wanted to thank you again, just for like showing your side of the story. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, man, it's, it's cool. And, and it's cool to help people like that. And, you know, in, in the name of my sister to help people stop doing heroin, and mm -hmm. get off of it. No. And you guys did a really good tribute to your sister too. And I'm, I'm sure that would be in the, fe the feature length version of it too. So that was really nice to see. Um, but you're starting a pre-workout line. Is that still happening? Yeah, I got to get on that. I've been kind of like, you know, get on that. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just getting that, you know, I see some of the other guys doing their stuff, like, you know, squints mm -hmm. and his, his marijuana line, uh, pad and his Hambino athletics. And, uh, 
Yeah. You know, I gotta, I, I gotta just get on it and do it because, you know, fitness is my thing. It's what I like to do. It's, yeah. it's my, as I said in my post, it's my, uh, it's my therapy. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a lot of junk pre-workout powders out there that you know, are just pumped full of caffeine and there's really nothing else that helps your energy levels. Like C4. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's hundreds of pre-workout powders out there. So I'd, yeah. I'd like to make mine good. something that, you know, has quality ingredients. Yeah. Good formula. And, uh, yeah. Good formulas. And I'd also like to do vitamins too. I, I think there's not enough vitamin lines out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have a really good, there's actually a company that I used to take vitamins from all the time mm-hmm. and they actually went under during COVID, but their formula was amazing. They're the best vitamins I've ever had. Um, so I don't know. I'd maybe like to recreate their their line and continue it. You know? See if they like send you like the recipes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, cool. you know, and, uh, put my spin on it and call it whatever I call it. From it's got to be yeah, yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I actually like more of the name L seven. L seven, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. L seven yeah. weenie. Yeah, that's, that's it. Um, speaking of fitness, my dumbass. So I went to the, the gym today and I was like sitting down with these two like 40 pound dumbbells and like the one slipped over to my, my one to my left hand and like crushed like four of my fingers so hard. It wow. sucked. It sucked. And actually yeah, a couple of weeks, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I was with my, my half brother um, who I hardly ever see. I'm like just starting to see this guy. Um, Cause we have a big like age difference. He's like 40, but um he was telling me about this time when he was younger and he hit his finger with a dumbbell, like against like the, the equipment itself. And like his entire finger came off, <laughs> like came off like or his what? thumb or something. Yeah. And they had to like reconstruct it. And he showed me and his thumbs like all point. different. Yeah. Yeah. Said it just like hell, man. came clean off. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, speaking wow. of him, so he's, He's starting a new nutrition shop actually in Arizona called Bravo Nutrition. So when that opens, I definitely I want to hit you up and get you guys connected at some point. If you if you do put that out, because he'll he'll sell your yeah, stuff. If he, if he opens that up, I'll do I will do a signing in the shop and uh, yeah, that'd be super cool. Uh, you know, yeah. Sign some sign some uh, bottles of L seven. Yeah right. <laughs> no, I <laughs> just went to his, I just yeah. went there. He's got like so many creatine and all the powders and all the all the energy drinks just like all throughout his house because they're not even fully set up yet but it's pretty cool yeah that's uh, cool man have you ever considered writing a book um no i haven't i I would be interested if i had like someone doing it i I don't want to sit there and write it myself well yeah yeah. i don't know (laughs) you just got to get one of those go or i don't know if it's ghostwriter but yeah whatever steve-o does steve-o has like a writer he writes with but um, it works. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I've done is I've actually had a, uh, I've had a script writer come over here and I've had a director come over here cool. and I literally laid out my entire story of like my life and what happened. And the lady wrote a script mm-hmm. um, and she sent it to me. It needs to, some things need to be taken out of the script. I think mm-hmm. um, it needs to be redone, but uh, I want to, I want to redo it and then shop it around and uh, you know, to some different, different um studios because mm-hmm. uh i think it'd be i think it'd be a good really really good film 
Yeah, and I mean, like, we need more movies like that that really open people's eyes about like the stuff that's going on out there. Even this like fentanyl stuff, fentanyl stuff that's going on. That's that's really crazy right now. Yeah, like, you know. I mean, I love I love like comeback stories. Yeah, like, I love that. Comeback stories are like watching like you know boxers that have like smashed their hands or something they can't fight anymore and then they <laughs> somehow come back and like you know yeah oh, those are the best yeah what's your uh what's your me- method for memorizing lines for self-tapes or in-person auditions um you know the crazy thing about when i when i do lines that i have to have off book mm-hmm. i uh i don't get all the words right yeah because i feel like acting i mean if you watch any really good actor yeah they're not doing it correct yeah they're not doing it right and you actually read the script because i go to acting class like every week yeah and sometimes they'll give me a scene and i'll actually go watch the scene and i'm like half of these lines aren't even in it's like (laughs) it's never exact yeah acting is more like a to me is like an action reaction yeah and it's like a smooth flowing movement Right. It's like a wave and like that you're bouncing off the wave to the next person. And mm-hmm. So like a lot of times I won't even say like, I'll look at the line and kind of like briefly remember what it is, mm-hmm. but I'll go off what the other person is saying, my emotion, like what, what is my goal? What is my purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, why am I saying this? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a little easier to memorize the lines. Yeah. When you actually have like, uh, you know, why, why am I saying this? What is my emotion towards this person? Right. Yeah. You don't, you don't ever want it to come off so reedy either, you know? Unless yeah. And then you're going to get directors natural. that want you to say everything verbatim. And right. For those, I'll just, you know, really study with somebody. But yeah. A lot of the time, I just, I wing it. Yeah. I wing, that... wing Improv is the best, though. You know, I love it. You get the best lines out of that, too. Yeah. You know, I'm walking here. <laughs> that wasn't planned. <laughs> you got a lot of lines from Sandlot, like, uh, hey, hey, your clothes are going out of style. They already are. You know? <laughs> that was a line that we just came up with on. No way. Yeah. Like, hurry up. My clothes are going out of style. And then one of the other guys yells out, they already are. Splints. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that was an improv <laughs> line. You know? That's sweet. Um. Do you have any funny uh, stories from when you worked in a coffee shop? <laughs> <laughs> funny stories when I worked in a coffee shop. <laughs> um, well, I had a girlfriend at the time I hooked up with at the coffee shop. Like when I, like when I was closing and shutting it down, we went in the men's room. <laughs> no way. <laughs> in the yeah, men's room. I did that. Oh man. I don't know. That's that's about it. That's a funny story I have working there. Got roasted. <laughs> Yeah, man. That's sick. I didn't like it. I didn't like it because when it, a lot of people would show up, sometimes this guy would leave me there by myself and I'd be making all these coffees and like, I'm just like, shit. Yeah. I don't, I've done a lot of regular jobs, man. I've done. Yeah, trust me. Coffee shop and mortgage broker and what else? I wanted to be a firefighter for a while. Yeah. Was that tough? Uh, the, the hardest part was passing the CPAT test, the physical agility test, because I tried mm-hmm. to do this a couple of years after my car accident and my fitness mm-hmm. just wasn't there yet. Yeah. Um, I was still had pretty bad problems with my legs mm-hmm. and there's part of the test where like, you have to like, you're in this tunnel and it goes like it's wide and then it goes 
very narrow and yeah. you have to carry this hose that's like 50 pounds yeah. over your shoulder with like full gear through this tunnel that gets narrower and narrower and uh and it was hard to do man like i got to the end of it and i was like trying to pull the hose through and just like you know and then really? you have your you have to do all that like you have to do like six or seven obstacles within nine minutes wow. or you don't pass so i think i took this test like three or four times mm-hmm. i passed it on the fourth time but the chief goes like hey you barely pass that man and to be honest like i don't think you're gonna pass uh, a physical oh. to actually get into the fire department yeah so at that time i was doing mortgages yeah and uh i was making like a lot of money Mm because this was before the crash that happened in like 2007 yeah uh or 2009 i forgot what year it was but i was making so much money in mortgages i'm like how much does a firefighter make fuck that i'm gonna do this you know yeah so (laughs) you had a taste of it it's that's that's all all you needed it was a little taste of it yeah you know that's very physically demanding I, i don't know that seems like a lot to be a firefighter yeah i have so much respect for them though yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a tough job, very tough job. So, uh, what are your goals this year? Um, obviously, I want to launch my pre workout. I really want to get that going. Yeah. Um, Let's make it happen. I want. Uh, I hope. Hopefully, we do something similar to the 25th anniversary where we do a lot of baseball stadiums. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping the 30th is going to be as big. Mm-hmm. Still waiting to hear stuff, but like as I said, for the 25th, we didn't hear anything until like March or April. It's going to happen. Um, I think it just, it's just, yeah. it's the perfect time. They've been doing so many reunions too. Like when COVID hit, remember all those like zoom reunions they were doing? Yeah. We did one with Justin Turner. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping it, you know, I'm hoping it's, uh, it's, it's going to be good. I'm hoping it's going to be good. And I'm hoping the show happens. I'm hoping yeah. the show happens. I hope you book something big again. I want I want to see you book something awesome this year. Yeah, me too, man. You know, I got a I got a new agent. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna take some headshots probably this month. New headshots and get yeah. out there and do something. And I mean, I'm not against the Marvel movies as far as being in one. I would love to. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to be in one for sure. Yeah, because then you then you got like a guaranteed certain amount, especially if you're like part of the Avengers world or right. Yeah, you're guaranteed to be in like three or four movies or something. There's definitely some I like like more than others. Like I like the ones that have comedy to them that don't take themselves too seriously. Uh-huh. I like those ones a little bit more. But like Ant Man and stuff like that, right? <laughs> eh, I don't know. There's like certain ones I don't. Know. I actually, I, I really, honestly, did not like the first Avengers at all. Like I actually hated that movie. And then I saw Infinity War, and I thought that was really good. So yeah, I'm like all over the place. But I like the Spider Mans. They're funny. Um. I love Batman. I know it's DC, but who's your favorite Spider-Man? Who? Oh, definitely Tobey Maguire, hands down, of course. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, those are the days. Yeah, that, that was awesome. I love Tom Holland though. Tom Holland's amazing. Mm-hmm. Ever since I saw that kid in the uh, that movie, The Impossible, I was like, this guy's gonna be great. That that Hurricane movie, he's so good in that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Naomi Watts, that's a great movie. But uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I always end this on this, you know, bullshit speed round. I ask a bunch of bullshit and you just answer. And it's like, you know, rapid fire. So uh, what's your favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. Hell yeah. Oh, actually, I knew that. You said that in something. Uh, how many times did you go see Sandlot in the theater on the initial run of its release? Uh, probably about three. Yeah. Let's see here. Grape jelly or strawberry jelly? 
Probably strawberry. Okay. Who out of the Sandlot crew is the best at baseball? Uh, definitely Mike Vitar, Benny. Uh, what's something you got detention for in high school? Oh, I got detention for uh, smoking weed in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you still have your outfit from the Sandlot? No. No. <laughs> Don't have that. Favorite band? Favorite what? Favorite band, like music. Oh, favorite band? Probably Soundgarden. Oh, hell yeah. I got to see them once. Yeah, he, he was amazing. I would love to see that. Um, first time you ever smoked weed? Uh, when I was 13. Mm-hmm. Anything remote? Like, what happened? Where was this? <laughs> um, it was actually at school. It was like, uh, as I said, I used to hang out with the kids that would... Uh, Oh, the bad kids. The and smoke weed and stuff. Yeah, you just join them one day. Yeah, it started. It started in uh, elementary school. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Favorite uh, television show of all time? Wow, I don't man of all time. Yeah, like what's your all time favorite? I'm trying to think, probably. Uh, I don't. I really like the boys. I, yeah. I, I gotta I, check I, this out now I, that you're backing it so hard. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I probably, probably got to say I, the boys. I like that. I like that. That's got like a big superhero element to it, right? Sort of. Yeah, actually, no. Breaking Bad. That's my favorite favorite show of all time. Dude, Breaking Bad was flawless, and they knew when to end it. That's what's so important. They went those five seasons, and they knew exactly when to end it. If it had gone on like a couple more seasons, it would have been trash. It would have ruined it. Yeah. But uh -huh. that's like what happened with Dexter. Dexter is one of my favorite shows too, and that one kind of took a plummet like later on. But let's see here. Most embarrassing moment. <laughs> Most embarrassing moment. Yeah, I love asking this. Probably uh, it's a speed round. I got to say this fast. <laughs> you don't. You don't really have to. I just say that. It doesn't matter. Oh, I did a play when I was a kid, uh -huh. cheaper by the dozen, <laughs> and I, uh, I pissed my pants on stage. Nice. Because I was so so nervous. That the night that I did the play, I couldn't remember some of my lines, so I didn't remember. It. I I went, I had like a blank stare, and I just peed my pants. That's crazy. And then my, the people around me were doing the lines like to make it make sense. Yeah. But it like it just looked ridiculous, and I went home. My mom, I don't want to be an actor anymore. I'm done. I hate this. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I was only like eight or nine, but still, it was like you know pretty. Yeah, amazing. it's an awful feeling. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I shit my pants just a couple of years ago. <laughs> I'm actually notorious for that apparently. But uh I was uh <laughs> I was voting for America's Got Talent. Like they brought you know, like a bunch of voters and we got paid for it. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> so we went in this this room and they were like feeding us like chips and water, and that's all we ate for the entire time we were there. So you can just imagine uh, twenty bottles. Yeah. It's yeah, it's hor horrible combination. <laughs> honestly, it's just an accident waiting to happen. Um, so I probably had like four bags of chips, tons of water. And yeah, I like left this thing and I was just like, oh man, I got a shit. And they had no bathroom there. And, uh, I'm like walking to this parking garage where I parked my car and I, I knew I parked on the roof. So I'm like, you know, trying to get there and I got up to the top and I'm like, where's my car? <laughs> and I got up there and I'm like, man, I'm at the wrong parking garage. And I just like could not even find the parking garage. And I like, I felt like a fart coming and it's just, it was, it was shit.
and it was like oh, like it, that was it that was it and then i had to like it was like 10 30 at night so there's nowhere to go to the bathroom you know there was nowhere to it stop was like, your, like your underwear or boxers off and toss them dude i just sat in that shit and drove home oh, <laughs> it was horrible bad, dude. dude i had no change i had, I had no change of anything you know i actually man that's like I actually a similar story. I know this. I don't want to make this like a shitting episode, but I uh, I was in Florida like two years ago, not even a year and a half ago. I had to shit in my car. It was like two in the morning, and I could not find a hotel for the life of me. I was in like that that top part of Florida, like Tallahassee or something. There was no no hotels anywhere. It was like two a.m. I'm just like I'm pulling over here right now, and I had like oh. like a pot with me or something. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> it was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, I was on a big road trip because I was I was doing this movie in New York, and I decided to go go to Florida on the way back to LA. So I just I did this huge road trip. I was like all the way down to Florida and then back to LA. So it was super fun. Wow. Yeah, it was gross. <laughs> Let's so see. If here. I ever hang out with you, I'm gonna bring a uh, I'm gonna bring one of those fucking yeah those pots that they have in the in the, in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. It's like shit pots. Yeah, a little shit pod. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got a couple more here. Let's see. Uh, indoors or outdoors? What do you prefer? Outdoors. Yeah, that could sense. Uh, best restaurant in LA? Um, Boa. Okay. Oh, the Steakhouse? Yeah. That place like super expensive. I've never been there. Yeah, it's really good. It's good? Really good. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Favorite comic book from growing up? X-Men. Hell yeah. Yeah, you want oh, to be Wolverine. <laughs> no, no, I I do remember that now that you want to be Wolverine, right? Yeah, I love I love that character. It's like uh, I got like Wolverine claws. I got a bunch of Wolverine stuff. That'd be sick. I could see you playing that. Yeah. Um, what's your what's your most awkward fan interaction? Oh, um, <laughs> we were at the twenty. Uh, we were doing the twenty fifth anniversary, and I was at Dodger Stadium after we did the whole Dodger thing and we were on the field and everything and I was coming out, I was in the parking lot yeah. and uh, I was with my, my girlfriend at the time and this girl ran up and ripped her, her shirt open and showed <laughs> her tit and was like, can you sign my tit? Can you sign and it? My girlfriend, my girlfriend was like, back off, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the one I met a couple, a couple months ago? Was that the one I met a couple months ago or no? When we were um, all, all going to see Sam's concert? Was that the same girl? Yeah. That's funny as hell. Oh yeah, yeah. She uh she went off on a girl. She's like the girl had a, a pen and she like kicked the pen out of her hand. <laughs> oh no. That's crazy. Yeah, was... Back off, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh what are you most proud of? Um I don't know, passing on a message to help people, uh I think I, I really like my documentary. I like the way it came out. I like the way it was shot. Yeah. Um, and when people tell me that I, I did something to help them overcome something that saved their life, mm -hmm. uh, I'm proud of that. I think that's the thing I'm most proud of to this day. I don't have any kids. Otherwise, I would say my children, but I don't even know what it's like to have children. So, Do you not like kids? Do you not, do you not want them? I want like one kid. Yeah. When, but it's like I'm always gone and stuff. So it's like I don't even know how I would have a kid. I'm like always constantly like leaving with the guys, traveling and on the move yeah i'm always on the move and i'm not even really home much so yeah so uh where can your fans find you uh going to marty underscore york for instagram that's where i really like post the most stuff 
Facebook, I post occasionally, Marty York. Uh, Twitter, I don't even know how to use. I got to be 100% honest. Yeah, Twitter I think sucks. my last post from Twitter was like two years ago. Yeah, same. I, I don't like Twitter. And like people still friend request me on there, and I'm like, dude, I don't even go on there. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you add me back, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't even understand it. I don't, I don't, you know. It's literally just people shooting off their opinions all day long. I don't like that. Instagram is just like cool post after cool post after cool post. And it's just like, yeah, I'm like more of like a visual guy. So I like, I like yeah. to see pictures and videos and stuff like that. I'm not really right. into like, hey, what'd you guys eat for breakfast? Blah, 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 you know? Exactly. Yeah. Much better. But dude, thank you so much for doing this. This was awesome. This is my first episode back in, you know, weeks at least, probably month. Um, oh, man. I got to see your other sweet. Yeah, there, there's some fun ones in here. Um, Actually, this one guy that's coming on in in a few weeks, uh, he's the one that told me about the Pod Meets World episode, and I didn't even know that you did that, so I checked it out. It was awesome. But um, yeah, we've we've had a lot of good ones. Natanya was on it; she's actually going to be coming on soon, again. And uh, Sam did it. Sam Morrow, he was on. Um, but yeah, I'm always getting like interesting people. It's fun. Cool, man. But yeah, this this meant a lot to me, man. Uh, Sandlot's like very influential to me. And that was one of my favorite movies growing up. I still love it. It's got one of the best 4th of July scenes of all time. It's got, you know, it's one of the best family movies of all time. Baseball, you know, it hits all, yeah. all the, all the marks, you know? Yeah. I think that 4th of July scene, uh, it's crazy. I saw, I saw a tweet from, um, Seth Rogen that said, I learned the 4th of July and I learned what America was about from the Sandlot. No way. That's so yeah, sick. He tweeted that. Seth Rogen tweeted that. That's he's wild. from Canada. So he was like, I learned about what the Fourth of July and what it meant to Americans like when I saw the sound. <laughs> yeah, he's like a Canadian Jew. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he didn't understand it until he saw that. So well, that's that's cool. It's it's really crazy that the people that I have influenced me that I've seen that we've influenced through the film. Yeah. Uh, people like Kobe Bryant who talk about it on when he was alive talked about it on numerous tv shows you know yeah uh, we influenced this podcast called the punies like that it was based upon sandlot i got a um, weird a weird kobe bryant story so the last last thing i actually booked like when i was you know for acting i did this like film that was like just for a couple of days it was like this short documentary film and i was playing like the main guy that was being interviewed but it was like flashbacks to when he was younger and mm -hmm. on like the second day was when kobe crashed and there was a scene I had to do with this girl where we were like looking at each other and like looking, looking at the mountains and the mountains were still like foggy. Like it was earlier in the day when Kobe crashed, it was so creepy. And to like, wow. look, look back and watch that. I'm just like, man, I'll never, never be able to watch that and not think about that. But yeah. that was sad, man. He, he was, he was gone way too soon. Yeah. Definitely one of the worst days when I saw yeah. that. And it was mm -hmm. crazy too, because I had never, I saw the one Kobe Bryant interview where he talked about Sam a lot, but Somebody sent me the Kelly Clarkson interview and uh, I saw that and I was just like, it's all on my Instagram. If you look on there, yeah. um, I've posted all those interviews, but it, you know, he was my favorite basketball player of all time. I oh, mean, of course, the only reason I went to go see Laker games was to see like him play. And yeah. when he passed away, it hit me hard. And especially with all, like, I just started tearing up when I saw the Kelly Clarkson episode. Yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> that was hard for me. And the, the fact that we influenced him was, was amazing. And the fact that we go to these, stadiums and we stand next to baseball players that tell us like if yeah. it wasn't for you guys i wouldn't be playing baseball right and yeah it's crazy man it's uh that's why i hope it continues and that's why i always support the film and um yeah. i think it's just a good film it's just you know mm -hmm. a lot of actors do films in their career and they're like 
you know, they're not really proud of the films, but I'm proud of Sandlot more than anything else I've ever done because it's it's just a great, great film. It's legendary. It stands the test of time. You know, I think I think it'd be really cool if you guys did like the summer summer day camp thing or something where all you guys come together and you get kids into playing baseball and you guys are all playing baseball with them. I think that'd be cool. Oh, they had the whole it's already set up for a for a show because <laughs> oh, sure. at the end of the lot it says what happens to all of us. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's already set up for the show. So it's like and we were even talking about the guy that, you know, was gonna direct it. Um, he did prison break and he said, you yeah. know how hard it is to do like what do they do? Four or five seasons of that show? Yeah. Four seasons of a guy trying to break out of prison. Yeah. The you know same thing. That is? And it's around one, it's around pretty much around one central character. Yeah. You know? um, where us, they have like different characters for every show. So you could easily do two seasons. Yeah. You know? Just like Cobra Kai, where they introduce new characters in every season. Yeah. They could easily do that with Sandlot with us and have the backstory of all of us. And, mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be um, sweet, man. I, I hope mean, it happens. Disney Plus, get on it. <laughs> yeah, especially. Is that where you'd want it to be? Is Disney Plus? I guess that makes sense. Uh, that's where it would be. Yeah. That's where the show originally was going to be. Yeah, okay. Well, here's the hope and it happens. Let's, let's hope, you know. I think something yeah. big is going to happen this year for you guys. I, I feel it. Yeah, it will. But yeah, hopefully hopefully I see you around soon. I, I, I know yeah, we, live, we live pretty close to each other. I'm up here in Burbank. I'm in Burbank. Oh, Burbank. Okay. If you ever want to... Uh... Well, not now because it's raining, but I got a boat. If you ever want to go on the boat, I take Dude, it out to yeah. the lake out here in Castaic. I go dirt bike riding. I got a dirt bike. Yeah, I'd love to uh, do that. That'd be sweet. Yeah, so I've seen yeah. pictures of you on the boat. It's pretty wild. That's so cool. Yeah. I literally, yeah, I'm always wondering, like, I know nobody here that has a boat besides you and one other person. Yeah, Crazy. it's fun, man. I like I like boating and I like, uh, one of these days I'm going to get some fishing rods and take the boat out and just go fishing. Yeah, that'd be cool. Castaic Lake right here, they got you know, they got a lot of fish and, uh, yeah, it's more of like a speedboat, but you just drive out there, turn the engine off and just throw the, throw the rods out. Yeah. And just coast. Yeah. I would love to do that with you. It'd be fun. Yeah. Last, last couple of times I tried fishing and we didn't catch anything. And that was in like Massachusetts a couple months ago. It was awful. <laughs> but, uh-huh. Yeah. That'd be fun. I would love to do that. Yeah. It's fun when it gets really hot out here and you go do it. And it's, and it's uh, yeah. In like July yeah. or something. Got some cold cold beers in the in the in the fruit in the ice chest and yeah, and, cold mescals. <laughs> yeah, I bought a uh, I bought a little grill too, so I cook like carne asada on the grill. Oh yeah, that's great. Boat, you cook it on the boat as you're you know. Yeah, that that'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and if you ever need anybody to le- uh, read lines with you or anything, just hit me up. I'm always available. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I actually I, I probably would need that because I have yeah. a lot of uh, I got a female reader, but any a male reader for you know. Yeah, I'd love to do it. Seriously, hit Plus me up anytime. Everybody, every everybody every lines with is like, so how did you do that? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a robot. Yeah, you I hate that. Emotions so I can I can feed off you. <laughs> yeah, dude, absolutely. No, I would love to. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll cool, do it. Man. Yeah, so and if you ever need anything, I'm always here. But I'm sure pretty I'll see good, you around man. pretty soon here. Cool. Let me know when the podcast comes out and I'll promote it. Yeah, I'll honestly I'll probably try editing it tonight and drop it tomorrow if I can. Cool. So that should be cool. Thank you so yeah. much for doing this, man. This is awesome. Yeah, for sure, brother. All right, Good cool. I'll see you All later, right. man. Have a great rest of your night. You too. Take care.